There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You're very welcome to Late Lunch on Pancake Tuesday. Great to have you with us. And I've uh, picked out a little few, you know, um, what would I say, information uh, segments about this day to give to you through the show this afternoon. And at the start today, I'll, I'll just let you know that for Christian Shrove Tuesday, it's known as Shrove Tuesday too, marks the last day before Lent, traditionally a period of abstinence. It's associated with clearing your cupboards of goods such as sugar fats and eggs. And pancakes were traditionally eaten on this day to use up these foods before the 40-day fasting season of Lent began. So there you are, a little nugget of info about Shrove Tuesday or Pancake Tuesday. Well, Louise, have you cleared the cupboards of sugar, fats and eggs for us today? All cleared. (laughs) Every last, yep. (laughs) All in the bin as well. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Did you you do the deed? Did you do the needful? Have you made a pancake for us? Yes, I have made a pancake. Lovely. I saw she... I spent two hours making a pancake. (laughs) And sent me a message to say that the spoon had bent. Yeah, it did. I was just trying to stir all the mixture and, you know, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> I thought she was making concrete. Not, not I don't even think they'd use it as concrete if they ever wanted to knock something down in so the future. Is that what I have to look forward to? Oh, no, seriously. She sneaked into the... strong she pair sneaked, of jaws. I have. I have. Uh, you'll need them. <laughs> she sneaked into the office and wasn't letting me even see what she had with her. And she said, you can't see it until you're actually going to eat it. I have mine with me too. You had hey, a little look at mine. Yeah. I went for the thin crepe pancake and I made a few so of them myself I. this morning. Good. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> We're going to taste them folks a little bit later on the show so stay with us on this Shrove Tuesday. Plenty of pancakes to come and more besides on the show but folks were you watching last night? Did you see the programme on RTE1 just after the nine o'clock news super ages? Well I have to say that's the type of stuff that RTE and its uh, production companies do absolutely brilliantly. I was riveted and a contributor to the show, I spoke to her on late lunch last year when her book came out called Age Proof. She's Professor of Medical Gerontology at Trinity College, among many other roles. And she is, as I said, the author of Age Proof, a brilliant book about living a longer and healthier life. Welcome back to the show, Professor Rose and Ken. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I have to congratulate you and everybody who contributed, uh, the experts and those who participated in the programme last night. But Rose, can I say this to you for a start? I was absolutely jaded watching it. (laughs) Yeah, I think the thing that that, uh, uh, 
was was most prominent about those who were, you know, super agers, people who age really well uh, into the late 80s and early 90s, was how energised they still are and how happy they all were and interested they were in so many different aspects of life. But Rose... Are they the exception? I, I was just thinking about this. Do the majority of the people, and you, of course you you work in this whole area, nearly slip into older age quietly and, and, and are not as active as these people? No, that's a misperception. Um, the, the, the truth of the matter is, and this is in Ireland, quality of life gets better and better as we get older. It continues to improve after the age of 50. It peaks at 78 and only reaches what it was at 50 when we're on average aged 84. And the only thing, the main thing, which influences any change in quality of life is physical illness, being sick. So if you're relatively healthy, and I notice that our participants last night, a lot of them did have arthritis, you know, they were slow walking, etc. But they were making the best of what they were at whatever stage in life and were very happy at that stage. They were positive, positive attitude. And as my colleagues emphasised, being positive makes such a difference to happier, older life. And that's one of the uh, things that I took from the programme as well. There were other key points, and I just want to mention those. And you and I, I remember, spoke about these when we talked about your book, Age Proof, uh, last year. Uh, Professor Niall Miner, these people are all hyperactive people, but Professor Paul uh, Niall Miner was saying, you know, active, be active, stay active. So I think if you have it in your mind to do every year a little bit more than the year before. That could just be walking and walking for another 10 minutes a week more than the year before. But activity does matter. And um, activity, uh, what, as well as that, when you see the, the lad who was building boats down in Kerry, you see the other fellow rowing the boat, a different man here in Dublin, uh, another f- person featured out in the garden. Exercise takes many forms. Exercise takes many forms, so you have to you have to find your sweet spot, what you enjoy doing, because that's the best way you're going to continue it and sustain it, and then just continue doing that. And if possible, uh, depending on what your preferred type of exercise is, and for most people it's walking, can be swimming, can be cycling, etc., do it with others if at all possible, because that makes it even easier to do. Connections, our connections, our social fabric in our lives, absolutely vital to Rose. Friendship, very important. Social engagement, because, because it, okay, another very important factor for successful ageing is laughter, having a good laugh. And we can only really have a good laugh if we're with somebody else. So it, it enables laughter, it enables sharing of issues, and there's lovely research showing that if we share an, a problem, an issue, even a, a concept that stress is reduced and stress is terribly bad for our systems, we worry less. So sharing is very important. So, and and all, of those, all of those components make friendship and social engagement so important for well-being. 
I forget who said it, but somebody did on the programme. I was that engrossed in it. But the word retirement uh, really irked one of you guys, one of the experts there to say that word just drives me mad because really retirement and giving up everything is the worst thing that can happen. Well, we call it retirement, but which, which actually means being regressive or withdrawing from something. In fact, for, for whatever phase of life you, there is after your work, there's very frequently more engagement and more activity than ever before and more colour, um, more, more variety. So, so retirement is actually a misnomer. Um, we would also, as scientists, disagree with forced retirement, a fixed age at which somebody should withdraw from work and no longer work. And we're working very hard with policymakers, etc., to to enable people, if they want to, to continue working at a at a at a level that they feel they can continue to contribute, provided there's agreement all around. So someone might reach a certain age, <coughs> excuse me, and decide, okay. You know, I, I would like to continue, but I'll, I'll do three days a week. Or they would like to continue, but if you're a surgeon, I can't continue operating, but I'd like to teach and do general outpatient clinics, something. So you remodel the workplace to facilitate people's wishes. If you're not in that category, Rose, and, you know, you can't, you know, stay on or there's some way of tweaking what you do, as you mentioned there, that you can be part of uh, what you've done all your life going forward. What about people who retire, per se? What's your best advice to them today? It's no good just saying goodbye on Friday and sitting at home in the chair for the rest of your life for Monday. Volunteering. Get, be part of a voluntary group. And actually, before you retire, so-called, <coughs> excuse me, try to do that before you retire, if at all possible. The Tilda study would show that the earlier you start to get involved in volunteering, etc., the more likely you are to continue it. But volunteering is hugely good for us. And don't be afraid of new things. I, I would advise that every five years, think of something new you could do. I've recently joined a choir myself. I'm still working, but I've joined so that I'm prepared for, um, you know, whenever I retire, that I have something. And it's challenging, but it's great fun and a whole new domain to my life. So think of doing something new and different. You mentioned positivity, and you'll hear people saying, oh, God, I'm really young at heart. I'm only 21 in me head, despite what the numbers say from the birth cert. But the other thing that came across as well, a lot of those people featured mentioned living in the moment. Yes, and that's very important. That's really what mindfulness is. And what that does is reduces worry and anxiety and just allows you to enjoy the space you're in, what you're at at the moment. So, so if you can just, and it's, it's, it's hard to do, but you can continue doing it throughout the day for every moment. Just don't think ahead. Just stay in that moment and you'll find yourself relaxing. And Rose, you know, all those points you've made there, people listening to us today will feel, and having watched the programme last night, or haven't exercised in years, I'm not involved with a group, I, I've not done this, but the other message that came across, go do it today. Exactly. I, I, there's, there's loads of, 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 of evidence to support what I'm about to say. It's never too late. 
literally we we have done research in in patients in nursing homes and shown it's never too late to change the paradigm to change your physical and physiological dynamics and when you look at the range of people featured on the show you know i just i was in awe of them i have to say but in our area here in the northeast you had Anne mimi carey 98 years young from ashburn and loved her dancing and i think she was the one who wanted to go to a nightclub and dance to barry white <laughs> my father I loved her. wasn't she great i loved her i loved her um, absolutely and, and she really had the beat the rhythm and honestly she made me want to get up and start dancing to him as well yeah you know I love the fact she says I've never been to a nightclub in my life look at she's 98 years of age I just, and they made her wish come true at the end and there she was on the dance floor dancing with all her friends to Barry White it was lovely Sean Cooney is another guy featured he's 82 he's from Navin into athletics there were a number of them into the running weren't there on the athletics uh, you see we're, a number were lifelong athletes and there's no doubt about it that lifelong athletes actually <clears throat> do maintain muscle strength and balance, etc., better than others. And that actually enhances um, your physical health and your quality of life greatly. But it doesn't mean you can't start now. And actually, no matter what your level of, of physical activity, if you start now doing a little bit more and every day just a little bit more, you would be amazed how gradually that changes. And how physically well you are. Mm, and that's very important to bear in mind. I have to say I loved as well Tom Reeves, who's 85. People would know him better as Sean Connors, the entertainer. The entertainer. And the story yeah. he yeah. told about he's, he's yeah. boxing and taxing. But that man just goes on and on, doesn't he? Yeah, but, but so isn't that fantastic? So everything we're talking about now is about having the courage to do something. Mm. And so the people who were interviewed were brave. They continued um, running or continued rowing or continued in their pursuits or their, their whatever their um, pleasures were, their, even their profession in terms of entertainment to a degree, <clears throat> irrespective of other people's perceptions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that they didn't care if someone said, my God, he's awful old to be running like that. They didn't care. So, so it, it's having the courage to do things without being um, straight-jacketed by what you think others might think. Because after all, how, how could that possibly matter? Mm. I was looking at the figures for life expectancy in Ireland and 1921 in Ireland, 58. 1951, it went up to 66 years. 1971, 72 years. Today, it's 83 years, the average life expectancy. Now, we have all the advances in healthcare roles. We have better living conditions. We eat better as well. But how much can we, by what we do going forward, even stretch that age out more? Yeah, we can, of course, because it's higher in, in Japan and in, and in other countries. Of course, we can stretch it out even further. I'm really heartened by the fact that in last year's statistics, Ireland has the highest life expectancy at birth of any country in Europe. Isn't that wonderful? And we're, we have one of the highest perceptions of being healthy and happy. I think that's great too. So we, we are doing something right, and let's continue to do that. I think the, the, the way that we have, as a society have become much more aware of healthy 
aging and COVID kind of helped in a bizarre way with this, that, that people started to walk more and engage more and it made people much more aware of what loneliness and social isolation meant and determined that that wasn't going to happen. So, so uh, we're doing really well in Ireland. We will continue to do even better. And I think it, it's wonderful to have shows like this that are embracing the concept of getting older in a very positive way. So let's continue in that vein. Well, can I tell you to finish that I felt invigorated myself having watched the show because I'm 61. Uh, I I feel the years clocking up, but I felt after the show that I'm just a youth at this stage and it gave me a real boost. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. I'm delighted. Rose, listen, it's always great. I thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I love talking to you and I wish you well. And congratulations to you and everyone else on the programme last evening. Thanks a million. All right. Okay. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Professor Rose and Kenny there. I have a book sitting beside me. This is a book I haven't given away because it's simply brilliant. It's called Age Proof. I highly recommend it. It's uh, available all around the country at the moment if you want something to read uh, as the years advance. And it really is such a wonderful work. Last night's show was simply brilliant. It really was. Well done to all concerned. Hi, Jerry. I absolutely love that programme last evening. I worked three days and it's physical work. I love my set dancing. I'm in my 70s. It keeps me going and interested. And I love your show too, Jerry. Thanks for that, Rose. Really lovely message this afternoon. If you missed it last night, Super Agers and RTE, it's available on the RTE player. Again, I say to you, I highly recommend it. Now it's Pancake Tuesday. And let me tell you this, it's Pancake Heaven today in the beautiful village of Black Rock in North Loud. Yes, and especially in Rock Salt Cafe. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by the man behind the pancakes, Daniel McLaughlin. Hello, Daniel. Well, Jerry, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'll tell you one thing. My mouth is watering looking at what you're putting out today down there. <laughs> you've, been, you've been keeping a close eye on my Instagram, have you, Derry? I certainly have, and when it comes to pancakes, I'm a sucker for them. Listen, lad, I have to hand it to you. You have a most wonderful selection. Now, you have the classic sweet pancake stack, I see. That's right, yeah, that's our that's our stable. That's always on the menu, so there's nothing special about that today other than just it's, uh, it just keeps its deliciousness. Um, but, yeah, no, that's... that's um, that's where, yeah, we're nearly getting getting the home of pancakes here, and the sweet pancake sack is one of our most popular dishes. So uh, it's got a few uh, it's got a few accompaniments with it this today. Um, so it's great to see. And you do that all year there, do you? That's available all the time. Yeah, the sweet pancake sack we do all day, uh, all day, every day. Lovely. Um, that's, that's our signature one. We do that with um, three a sack of three um, three thick pancakes with the whipped vanilla yogurt, uh, mixed berries. Um, maple syrup and we we from our own chocolate soil on top. Oh, will you stop? I'm going to run out of the studio here in a minute and head for Black Rock if you keep going like that. But it's good to know they're available every day, but it's certainly available there today. The banana choc chip, are they on for today? Is that special? Yeah, the banana chocolate chip pancakes is on today. So we put chocolate chips in with the uh, pancake mix and then we're cutting it uh, putting pan- our banana- chopped bananas on top with a whipped yogurt and uh, Connor, our head chef, made a delicious pecan and hazelnut uh, granola which is topped with and then drizzled with maple syrup as well. 
Wow, I'll tell you, I feel the belt. I'll have to open the belt and the trousers even talking about it as I sit here and speak to you from the studio. But on the other side of things, which I love, and I have to say this to you, Daniel, you know, in Ireland, yes, the the, the sweet end of pancakes are gorgeous and people love them. But, you know, the savoury side of things often, in my opinion, in Ireland is overlooked and neglected, but not you guys today. Pancakes Benedict, come on, tell us what's there. Yeah, the Pancake Benedict was actually something that, uh, <laughs> there's a good story behind it if you have a few seconds. Yeah. Um, I think it was the first week we actually opened, uh, somebody asked for pancakes uh, with uh, two poached eggs on top of it. Mm. Um, and it was I, I took the order and I put it in and Connor, our head chef, didn't... Uh, didn't really understand it so he just put he just put hollandaise sauce on top of it and added bacon to it without them even asking um and i didn't see the dish go down and next thing i walked past the table and it was covered in this hollandaise sauce and the bacon on the side and i'm what, what did you do and uh, i ran over to the table and said oh jesus i'm really sorry i think that's that was a mistake um and uh they were like no jeez leave it on that's lovely i can't believe it this is this is amazing so I went over to Connor and said, Connor, what, what did you do that for? I said, they only just wanted plain pancakes with two poached eggs on top. And he said, oh, I've never heard of that now. Jesus, we need to, we need to do something different. <laughs> um, and that was where it was created from. So we actually had it on our menu for two years. Fantastic story. And you yeah, see, yeah. often by accident are the great dishes created. <laughs> it's a lovely story. Uh, and obviously, back for the day that yeah, the yeah, I was going to say that obviously popular and for the day that's in it. And then what sophistication? I need to know about this one. Korean chicken pancakes. Come on. Oh, I, I just had it for my lunch there, Jerry. It's probably the nicest dishes I've had now in a long time. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's our crispy buttermilk uh, fried chicken. Uh, we do it on a stack of two pancakes, and uh, Connor's made this delicious gojujang uh, maple syrup sauce, uh, which is kind of sweet and spicy. It has a nice hint through the maple syrup, um, and he marinated that down with it last night. And he put a red cabbage slaw, and so there's a lovely sweet and savoury uh, balance uh, through through that dish. It is exotic in the extreme, and even as you describe it there, a hearty meal. Now, the other thing about you guys, and if anyone's listening today, if you're in a panic and you're having the eggs or the milk or you've nothing organised, you can help. You have this home box. Tell us about it. Yeah, so we actually have our classic uh, pancake stack in a box. Um, so we have it in a litre bottle um, that you take home with you, the pan- our Roxall pancake mix. Then you've got enough for four people. So you've got your fresh berries chopped. Uh, we've got our whipped vanilla yogurt. Um, we add our chocolate soil and we give you a bottle of maple syrup as well. Um, so all you need is a frying pan and, and a little drizzle of oil and you're away. There you go. No panic in Black Rock this evening in County Louth. Your sorted rock salt have it drop in and your pancakes are done and dusted. This day, you know, when you talk about this Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, Pancake Tuesday... It, it, it's a special day and obviously the business you see the business people love their pancakes are you busy there today? Yeah we were flat out there actually we had a great morning and uh, yeah there's still there's still a little bit of a queue at the door here so uh, we're trying to turn tables quickly and uh, people are coming in and enjoying their pancakes so it's great uh, and there's a lovely atmosphere Connor Hughes has the music shop open here and there's a fella playing playing guitar so uh, it's a bit of crack 
Ah, it's fantastic. On the 20th of February in Ireland, music and pancakes and all besides happening in Blackrock. Look, you're a great guy. You've been a wonderful success since you opened and it's great to see you making special effort on this day. But good to hear as well that pancakes are part and parcel of rock salt all year round. Anyway, the future looks good. You're happy with the way it's going and your success. Well, it's been great, hasn't it? Yeah, we look. We've had uh, we've we've been very lucky, and um, look, the key to it is we've we've got a fantastic team who care about what we're trying to do, and we're all in it together. Um, and yeah, we just try to keep the try to have the best quality coffee, the best quality food, and a lovely casual and relaxed atmosphere. Um, and it's yeah, we've gone from strength to strength. We're we're coming into our fifth year now. We'll be five My. five years open in in August actually, Jerry. And it's been yeah, it's been a whirlwind success. We've got place in Dundalk that's going really well for us now as well we're about to launch one in Carlingford um, and we've got a grab and go dock in Felda and I might have something else up my sleeve I'll t- tell you about in a few months time maybe as well Good man and to think I remember talking to you when the door do you remember that five years ago when you opened first by God yeah, when right. you think where have those years gone to but look you're a great story you're a wonderful success and expansion and new places and look what you do people love that's for sure I wish you well uh, for the rest of the day if you're in Blackrock give them a shout they'd be delighted to see you at Rock Salt and they have super pancakes for all palates as you heard with us here on the show Show, uh, today. Good luck to you and thanks for joining me on Pancake Tuesday Daniel. Thanks very much Jerry. really appreciate the call. Not at all, bye bye that's Daniel McLaughlin there, wonderful wonderful man from Rock Salt Cafe in the beautiful village of Black Rock in North Loud with all you'd ever want in pancakes I actually have my own pancake recipe here, well let's see, hold on well, I opened the pages here. I wrote it down for you. It just shows you know my simple recipe. Myself and Louise are tasting a little while. Louise has made pancakes. I've made pancakes. Pancakes are simple. 110 grams of flour. Pinch of salt. Two eggs. 200 mils of milk. 75 mils of water. And a little dab of butter. That's all you need. It's as simple as that. And then you can put whatever you like on them, in them, over them. I just love pancakes myself. I think they should be an all-round-year thing. The savoury in particular, and you can buy them. They're known as crepes, of course, by many people who do them. You get them out and about in markets and at cafes in certain places, of course, as well. But I love the savoury pancake. My next guest joins me to talk about the launch of this year's campaign, hashtag drink tea for MND. And I remember when Dom McGrady and his wife Lily joined me in the studio to talk about Lily's tea. Dom, how long ago was that? Five, six years, was it ago? It must be five or six years ago, yeah. We were were here talking about how how our business was was developing and growing, particularly with local, some brilliant local suppliers that we supply to and through our, our nationwide um, super value we're on the shelves in super value stores we're still there so to make sure yeah. <laughs> don't miss out on that no I saw that today yeah, I yeah, just yeah. made sure you are still there and still oh, yeah. going strong with the tea but by God your life has taken many twists and turns since we, you were in this studio with Lily um, your dad passed away early on in the Covid right at the beginning the whole Covid thing yeah and I, I, it was when you know, remember the time when you didn't know where you could talk to someone or go near anyone or stand beside someone and we ended up with just 
uh, 10 of us at my dad's funeral when, which is very sad because otherwise it would have been a big event you know and mm. he would have loved us to celebrate and sing songs for him but uh, we ended up having a, a, a small family thing and we all stood in the car park we didn't even go into the place um, so that was very sad um, thankfully my mother's still around she's in the same nursing home that looked after my dad so well um, and she's still there and she's not fully aware of what's going on around her but she's in, in great great health Yes. so uh, yes. she's still there now, we're here today to talk about hashtag uh, the uh, drink tea for MND campaign. And the reason is because your wife, Lily, the lovely Lily, Jen, um, tell us a story. Go back. T- 2016, this began. She she had a problem, was it, with her arm back then? Just, we've even photographs um, that we took in our business where we're holding up teacups and teapots and all the kind of things you'd be doing, kind of promoting. And Lily always had to have a hand supporting the cup she wouldn't be just holding the cup on its own you know because she and kind of didn't think it she'd say I have a pain in my arm and and her the strength in her in her arm wasn't so good and we you know you kind of just carry on you don't think anything of it you know mm. you just, it's sort of just you're getting older and, and these things sort of happen to you um, and myself and you know we're busy with two kids growing up we're running the business from home um, and eventually Lily said this thing's getting sore and her neck was sore and bits of her were kind of not her arm and neck were particularly the two things and eventually we started going for tests and the thing with MND is that they they can't tell you this is it they have to rule everything else out before they can come to the conclusion of what it is um, so you get test after test and people telling you nothing and you're kind of going you know, they said, well, you should go for an MRI and then you go for the MRI and you meet that specialist and he says, we still don't know. And you kind of go, jeez, you should know at this stage, have an idea of what it is. And because for her, I know, as time went, that was 2016 when mm. that started with the arm and it progressed a bit. 2019, her voice, was she had a problem with her voice. She was outrunning, she was stumbling a yeah, bit. Yeah, she had a, she, she, she used to, we were that <laughs> we were that couple that you'd be tutting at what, running up and down the beach. We loved it every Monday. We'd, we'd it was our day to kind of take our the kids were in school. We'd take a break from our business. We'd go down and run along the beach, and I used to kind of go imagine look at that look at the people looking at us kind of what they'd be saying about you anyway. But but one time on her own after that, her her feet weren't stopped working the way just like normal you know and she stumbled over on the beach she didn't think anything of it and you know the way you let these things go on and on it was 2019 we started really getting a lot of tests done yes and people started you know one person referring you to another person referring you to another person and kind of all the neurological i think is what they're called conditions be be tested and examined um and eventually at the end, I think it was a 2019, you get an appointment. Now, I think the timing could have been better, but you go into Christmas with a Christmas break ahead of you and next week get an appointment for Professor Orla Hardiman. And you kind of go, OK, well, that's, there's another, another specialist. But then you look it up, as we all do, you Google these things, and Professor Orla Hardiman is a specialist in motor neuron disease. Mm. And you kind of go, oh, my goodness, that's... That can't be good because she only has one hammer and um, she only does one thing. So that was a, you can imagine how how that Christmas holiday was and you kind of just kind of put that to the back burner. And then in January, 
we went in to see her and she tells you, well, we've eliminated everything else and we've come to the conclusion that not only do you have motor neuron disease, but you have a very particular, very rare variety, for the want of a better word of it, called PLS. I think there's three. Um, if you want me to just give you the quick rundown, there's bulbar um, motor neuron disease. There's ALS, which, if you like, is the common type. Um, and then there's PLS. And I think there's, there's 400 people ongoing in Ireland with motor neuron disease. And there's about 14 people of that 400 that have the type Lily has. So it's a very rare strain of a very rare mm. condition. Um, it, not that you want the good type, but if there is a good type, PLS is the good type because it has the longest kind of lifespan, if you like, of they, 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 they typically ALS and there's no two people the same. We keep getting told this. Typically, ALS is a three-year disease. They call it the thousand-day condition. Um, and I suppose this is one of the reasons why Lily agreed to be the ambassador for this campaign, because Lily passed her three-year diagnosis on January just gone. Yes. So it was it was a kind of a momentous time for. It was, you know, you, you're looking for things to celebrate, and this was a moment to celebrate, and thank the Motor Neuron Disease Association for all the the super help they've given us over the last couple of years. So she is the ambassador yeah. for the campaign, yeah. which, which is wonderful. How is she? Well, you know, we're still busy and we're still raising two kids and we still, and she still has plenty of time to give out to me uh, when, I, when I'm not towing the line. Um, and But physically, her voice is pretty much gone. She's, she's more or less wheelchair bound. Um, and I th even saying that out loud is a bit weird because this happened so gradually over three years, you know. Three years ago, we were still walking. We were going to see the specialists and we were driving in and walking to the to see them. And now we have a ramp in a, in a van for the wheelchair. It's, you know, we have, you know, we, we have where we have a blue tag in the car um, and, and she's, you know, she can walk with the aid of a, a walker very slowly. You know, and it's she needs a a, a, um, a stair lift to get up the stairs, and everything is much slower than it was before. So her mind is grand, and she's she's she still we still run our business, and she still you know talks to, online because her voice is is gone. So she she's still typing and and running the business like that, um, and I I I think. Three years ago, when we first got the diagnosis, you go through all the kind of stages of grief, they call it. You know, you're angry one day and you're sad the next and you're kind of feeling sorry for yourself. And and you kind of have to, you still have to keep going. You know, you could, you could let it define you, if you like, and that can be what you are. Or you can just get on with things. And as much as possible, this is the thing that I admire most about uh, Lily is that she, she just gets on with it, you know, and she's mm. she's still cooking meals. It takes forever <laughs> to do it, uh, but she's still doing that and she's still determined to, to, to drive our kids forward and achieving, mm. which they do, thankfully, and, and keep me on my toes, which she does. <laughs> so, so... Every now and again, it comes over you in waves yes. when she's talking to her mother online um, because she can't verbalize anymore. So she and it's hard to type Chinese stuff out on, and pass that across. 
But if she needs to talk to us, we can still understand a bit, but she has to type it out and it, it voices the, yes. the words for you. Mm. Um, so so I would say we get on with it is, is mainly what happens. And, I, you know, the, the pictures that we have for her, for her ambassador role for this campaign, I imagine people looking at the pictures going, well, she looks grand, you know, she looks OK. But that's because it's very important to her that she puts shows her best face, yes. you know, yes. and and presents herself in the best mm. possible and way. And that is wholly understandable. I just want to mention that your your daughter is uh, studying medicine in Trinity College and your son is a wonderful piano player and passed his senior grade exams. You should be so proud of them. And so should you, Lily, because <laughs> I know she'll be listening into us today to what we're saying here. And I wish her all the very very best I well remember the day she came here and she's just fantastic yeah. and I, congratulations as well on being the ambassador for this very special day this year so how can people contribute to hashtag drink tea for MND campaign or what can people do okay so there's there's so the whole month of March is is their drink tea for MND and I think you remember Roy Taylor was in and he was the the, the he was the ambassador last year. So you can go online. Any If you look up Lily's Tea on any of the Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, you'll, we've linked all the, the, the links there. If you go on to um, the Irish Motor Neurone Disease Association, their, their, their hashtag or the IMNDA or the hashtag drink tea for IMND, they're all there. Um, hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
and you can you can set up and have your own tea event. And I suppose this is the link between us and the tea. It's it's all it's more coincidence than anything. But um, so and you bring a few people together and you can um, have a, a tea party of some sort and then raise a few bob and give it into the Motor Neuron Disease it's Association. Lovely. It's great because to be you know they were so good to us as I soon know. as they they. They they knew about Lily's condition. We had the stair lift in within two weeks, mm. you know. And Lily looking at this, going, "I don't need a stair lift," and now she can't get by without it. Yes. So they know they see the road ahead of you. We sometimes you don't want to look down that road, but they're the ones that come in and they and they fund the nurse that comes and visits us. Um, so it's it's important that they're funded. Um, we also have two local events at the minute that were that that, that are part of it. Um, Michelle Hall, the mayor of of Drogheda, is is uh, running an event for the International Women's Day on March the ninth, and she very very generously is uh, donating part of the the funds raised for that to the IMNDA as oh, well. well done. And and that's in the I think it's called the props room in the TLT, and she's having an event in there. And uh, I hope this doesn't put people off, but I'll be singing at it <laughs> uh, under my this name. This fella can sing on, under my name, Damo. I, I perform and do a few gigs locally, and uh, so I'll be I'll be there. And I'm encouraging my two kids, who are both piano players, and they'll be joining me. I hope, and they'll also be joining me on the 25th of March in. Um, in Termin Fekin during the day in the National School we'll have a, a drink tea for MND event in, in our National School um, and thank you Brian for supporting us for that and these, this is this is a day being organised by Lily's close friends in Termin Fekin yes. and that night uh, Joxer in Sarsfields has agreed to let us use the the back room the, the, the living room in Sarsfields and from 9 o'clock we'll have an event uh, again with me singing and playing the guitar I'll have my, my kids playing piano I hope um, and we have a few very special guests um, that'll be joining us that night and we'll have a nice music night and that might be less drink tea for M&D and a little <laughs> bit more drink wine for M&D <laughs> why not so we'll have a bit of fun that why night why well. not round it off that's the 25th that's of the 25th March. We, we'll give that plenty of mentions for yeah. you between and now just, and then if I could just there's another thing I, I did offer um, that if there are any other venues running uh, tea for MND events during the month of March um, I'd be happy to drop in and sing a few songs for them if they if they fancy it. <laughs> there you go. And I say it again, this fella can sing. He's a great entertainer, I'm telling you that as well. Look, it's her story is heartbreaking in one way and uplifting in another. And with the help you've got from the association, mm. uh, it, it's wonderful to hear that. And if your folks can organise a little event and contribute, it'll make so much difference to the lives of so many people in the northeast and across the country as well i wish you well with everything coming up and uh, thank you for joining me today for telling us lily's story as well and again i say to her lily we wish you all the very best that's very nice of you thank you jerry dan mcgrady thanks a million it's time for our two on tuesday two on tuesday Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'm supposed to be number, number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. Two, two, one on Tuesday. 
Yes, I'm going back to March 2009 today on the show for our number two. It was the second single from British band and Isette's second studio album, Wild Young Hearts. It was released on the 23rd of March 2009 and it debuted and peaked at number two in the chart, straight in at number two, stayed there for two weeks. Do you remember it? Let's have a listen to this one. Yes, it is the Noisettes. Four, three, two, one. You don't remember that song, do you, Louise? No, no. I actually don't. I do, actually. Oh. Yeah, I do. It's a good song. It grows and you, you know, you're only really hearing it for the first time. Probably doesn't do much for you, does it? No. no, not really. Not at all. I do remember it, I have to say. But look, when you think about what was number one at the time, I suppose no this is a no-brainer, is it, at this stage? Yes, the number one. It climbed number one after being on the charts in the UK for three weeks. And it provided Lady Gaga with her second consecutive British number one single and it stayed at number one for three weeks Louise in the charts it was the biggest selling single of 2009 no surprise about that is there and awarded record of the year in the UK as well it is a classic poker phase Lady Gaga, poker face, preventing the Nazettes. And don't upset the rhythm, reaching number one or two on Tuesday and the number one for you this Tuesday. Pancake Tuesday afternoon. Will I need a poker face when I taste the pancake? Um, you're kind of a natural bluffer on your answer. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I love the compliments they're flying today <laughs> let's see they well, won't see it'll You'll... come back to me now when, the, when <laughs> possibly, it's tasting the pancakes possibly possibly anyway we're, we're going to be tasting the pancakes I've cooked some Louise has cooked some and we're going to swap and we're going to give the verdict on the show very very shortly Paul Shields has been on to say I feckin' hate pancakes. The worst than cabbage. <laughs> Paul, I love it. Now, I'll cook a cabbage, Paul, and you'll love it. It won't be the mush that you remember from years ago. Do you like cabbage, Louise? Love cabbage. Yeah. Mushy and cabbage. Do you like it mushy? I like mushy cabbage. Watery cabbage. With loads of pepper. Oh, no, I love steamed cabbage. And then what you do, fry a few rashers on the pan and then throw the cabbage onto the pan to take up the flavour of the rashers. Oh, Louise. Bob's your uncle Fanny's your aunt and Josie's your sister Ham Oh it's lovely Yeah cabbage and bacon Bacon, You know what I mean But the rashes give it a lovely flavour Paul I love your comment Caroline from Jermaine Look at her lovely pancake She whatsapped me in a picture of the pancake Caroline Oh that looks like mine Oh there you go (laughs) (laughs) You can make the pancakes Caroline We're just saying today it's Pancake Tuesday If you made them take a pic WhatsApp it into us 086-1800-658 Magella's back Louise Magella Hi Jerry and Louise Magella What did she say? 
I, Magella here, I don't like the pancakes, but my father used to put currants in them and everybody loved them. Yes, that'd be a lovely twist to a pancake to add the currants for sure. Somebody else on there saying the Slimming World Oat Pancakes. And the recipe and all has come there. Maria, I'll be back to that recipe a little later on when we're tasting sounds the pancakes. It sounds very mm. interesting. Somebody's after messaging me the most beautiful pancake with gorgeous fresh fruit on the top of it. I see blueberries, strawberries, there's raspberries there, other fruits as well. Send us your name that I can give you a mention. It's gorgeous. Thanks indeed for what's happened into me. Do appreciate it. Sinead Kelly, our vet is on the line. Hi, Sinead. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us again. Listen to this one. I have a few for you here already. After being kenneled, our dog takes days to readjust. We're off on holidays in April for two weeks. Any advice as we're not looking forward to oh, his no. return okay. or ours? So, yeah, the first thing I would do is touch base with the kennels and just say, you know, what's he like in the kennels? Does he, you know, it's, it's interesting to get what their view viewpoint is. Um, because sometimes dogs, they're quite good at so when you come back and so sometimes they are a little bit off form and a bit quiet when, when you return but I think you need to find out what's going on in the kennels a good kennels will be honest with you they won't lie and they won't say no he's absolutely fine if he's not um, so definitely you know have a chat with the people in the kennels maybe if you haven't already done so have a little look around the kennel see what it's like because it may be that it's not the, 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 the most appropriate place for your dog depending on their personality um, the other thing is consider if he's a dog who doesn't thrive in kennels there's a huge thriving industry now in, in pet sitting. You know, people will look after your dog in your home or their home. That's something else to think about. But definitely, first of all, touch base with the kennel. I mean, what we all want when, when we're away, we want the dog to be safe, number one. We want them to be well-fed, uh, comfortable, well-looked after. And if they get sick, that the, the people in the kennel can, can bring them to the vet. So they're your basic requirements. And then after that, we want them to be having fun and having great times and things. Now, depending on the dog's personality, that's not always going to happen. And, you know, some dogs will just pine and miss their owners. Um, but I always just say, trust your gut instincts, you know, have a chat with the people in the kennels. And, and they're always very good. Any of the experiences I had, you know, if you're just honest with them, you know, they will be honest with you and, and find out. For some dogs, it just does not does not work, really. But normally, I, I've always found in my own dealings or with clients, you know, kennel owners are really pretty good. If they feel the dog is not doing, they'll say to the owner, you know, but definitely go and have a little bit of a chat with them and explore about pet sitting and things like that. And that's to say the priority, is the kennel safe? You know, can the dog not escape, not get out, not come to any trouble? Are they going to look after him well fed, well watered and look after the, the veterinary care if there's any issue? If all those are satisfied, okay, you're worried about the emotional side of things. So then just touch base with the kennels and kind of say, well, what, what is my dog like? I mean, is he happy? does he pine um, and then you can kind of take it from there but yeah we all feel miserable I mean I end up just giving up going abroad towards <laughs> the last few years when I had Cleo because it was just too miserable leaving her um, but yeah just go and ask the question is, is a very very sensible thing to do Yes and that option of the, the pet sitting is a very good suggestion yeah, indeed also, the other thing sorry Jerry to interrupt um, another good thing for dogs to get stressed in kennels you can get a thing called a dappy collar it's, it produces dog appeasing pheromone I think we've chatted about them before you can put that on the dog a few days before they go in and it's almost like this kind of calms them down a little bit and de-stresses them so that's something that will help to ease their stress but definitely join forces with the kennel owners and kind of find out look what does my dog do I remember once years ago I had a fabulous um, 
place with, and, and the gentleman would send me videos of Cleo every day and pictures and you know just that reassurance of seeing your dog like that is a massive 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 thing so just be honest and upfront with them really absolutely now hi Jerry. we have a six-year-old cat that was wild when we got her but we tamed her she's not a house cat now but we're moving away soon can i bring her i don't want to leave her behind says olivia I suppose she's wondering, can she bring her from the... If if the cat's mainly outdoors, Mm. number one, I suppose she has to establish, first of all, who owns this cat? Um, You know, is this cat definitely not a neighbour's cat or someone else's cat? Because cats can be so good at just (laughs) hiking around and visiting neighbours and getting different bits of food. So, first of all, make inquiries to make sure that this isn't somebody else's cat. Um, If the cat was initially wild, then I think that's very unlikely... But you have this issue that if you're going to bring the cat with you, and hopefully you could do, because if you don't, is is the cat going to miss their little source of food? When you go to a new area, especially if the cat's not going to be an indoor cat, you would have to worry, will the cat try and get back to the original place? So normally when when people move houses with cats, we advise keeping the cat in the house for, for, you know, a few weeks to let the cat get used to the area and the smells and everything before you let them go outside. So that's a very difficult one. So I'm not quite sure. It sounds like the cat was kind of almost feral and has now become much tamer, but I'm not sure if the cat is handleable still. Um, so I think the first protocol is, is ask inquiries of the neighbours. Just make sure, is anybody else feeding this cat? Is it anyone else's cat? If it's a cat that you don't think is going to sit in your house and be in your house in your new place... I would be very wary about bringing the cat with you to a new location because it may be that the cat will try to get back to the old house, could get knocked down, something like that. And so it may be a better scenario to touch base with your neighbours and see if this is an outdoor cat and you're used to feeding it outdoors, could somebody else take over that role? Because it doesn't sound like this cat is maybe joining the family inside and having the love and the snuggles. But obviously they're providing, you know, food and, 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 and things like that. So I think some local inquiries, first of all, and just be, be careful before you kind of suddenly up sticks and bring this cat very far away. Because as I say, if the cat is mainly an outdoor cat um, and there's no opportunity to kind of bond with a new house, it's going to be very difficult to, to keep tabs on that cat and prevent the cat getting into quite a bit of trouble. So a little bit of background research, I think, and, and find out what's going on with the cat's background. And maybe the best scenario might be appealing to, to hopefully, I mean, there's always people who love cats everywhere. It, it, you know, if you decide not to bring the cat, could somebody else take on feeding this cat outside um, if, if we're not an indoor cat, really? Great advice there and very important to consider everything that Sinead said there. Here's another one. I discovered a pink, whitish sort of growth on my dog's lip in the last few days. Should I be concerned? Is a vet visit necessary? Okay, so um, pink, whitish uh, could just be something like a little wart. So those are the kind of things that we don't get too worried about. Warts are kind of benign little growths of the of the skin cells. Um, but really, the honest answer is that without um, often without actually taking a little sample of the growth. Um, so often without the vet taking a little tiny sample of the cells and looking at them under the microscope, you can't be a hundred percent certain what the growth is. What I would advise if the 
dog is one that gets stressed at the vets, take a, good, a couple of good pictures, phone the vets up and say, if I email these photos in, would it be possible for one of the vets to have a look? Um, and then I'm sure most vets are able to do that. And then the vet then can make a decision, is this something that we need to get the dog in and physically have a look? Um, or are they happy that it is something just like a wart? Occasionally, with some little growths, we would be happy, you know, to the kind of 99% degree that it's just what we call a little skin tag or, or a wart. But if we're ever in doubt, then normally we would advise taking a tiny little sample, just aspirating a few cells through a needle and looking under the microscope. So the, the real or the reality is going to be that at the very least, your vet's going to have to have a look at it. So your vet may be happy just to look at pictures online and then discuss the consultation, or they may say, oh, just bring the dog in. But definitely take your photos and send them in. Most of the vets have an email address, um, and at least you get them to have a little look at the pictures and then decide what they want to do from there. If it's come up quite quickly, uh, it's it's very unlikely to be anything, you know, too nasty if it's in a few days. Um, and as I say, in that kind of area, they can just get warts or skin tags. But also, as I say, you can get, you know, occasionally we can get growths that are uh, sinister or malignant. So don't ignore it, definitely. Get a few photos, send them into the vet, and then in any doubt, they can take a little fine needle aspirate and see what's going on. Just time for another one here. Um it's a sort of a general question, but I'll put it to you anyway. It's come in from a listener today. Jerry, could you ask Sinead, at what age is a cat considered to be of a senior age? Oh, OK, gosh. <laughs> that sounds like a very impolite question you'd ask an older cat. <laughs> <laughs> so normally, so with dogs, we tend to say once they hit seven, we kind of class them as seniors. Cats, because they tend on average to live a bit older, a little bit longer, we would say probably about nine plus would be a senior cat. So if they're looking at it from the point of view of maybe diet, changing diet to a senior diet, I would say about nine. And the reason uh, for that, uh, for for dogs and cats, the reason we look at changing diet a little bit when they get older is that um, as we age, uh, our kidneys in particular can begin to struggle a little bit dealing with protein and phosphorus and potassium. So a lot of the time, the the commercial um, good quality diets, they'll have a version for the older animals which are um, lower in potassium and phosphorus and have the best quality protein. So I would say for your average cat, I would say about nine. Uh, Psychologically, I think if you ask the cat, who knows what the answer would be. Um, But I would start classing them as an older person about nine years of age, I would say. So that's just an important point to make there. You know, the way you see the food stuff's changing, the dry food as well for puppy, you know, middle age, old age. Is it important to feed that appropriate food? important. It's most important with the young dogs especially and young uh, cats so obviously growing animals have a very different requirement for uh, protein, for certain minerals, certain vitamins, for calcium and most people are aware of that and most people feel feed age appropriate. In dogs the issue is that often say very large giant breed dogs they can still be growing up to 18 or 20 months of age so often you have to be very careful and make sure you get a diet specific for a larger giant breed dog still actively growing. Most cats, even a fancy smancy kind of cat breed, you know, they're pretty much skeletally mature by kind of six to nine months, really, to be honest. So from that point of view, you know, by, by nine months or so, you can have your cat on an adult food. Some people wait until a year, that's fine. And then as I say, that thing about the seniors, which maybe people don't want to think about, but it's very useful because certainly things like kidney disease, uh, which can be very common the longer we live, that's us as humans and dogs and cats, certainly restricting uh, protein and, and making sure the protein is good quality and keeping an eye on some of these uh, minerals 
is very important. So as I say, with dogs, I would kind of normally say we say about seven. We class the dog as getting a little bit more senior and the cat's about nine. And the other thing as well to think about when you're going to your vet annually for your vaccinations and health check, uh, a lot of the time it's, it's worthwhile thinking maybe of doing a little blood screen when they get to say seven or eight in the dog, nine or ten in the cat, just again to check that we're not having any signs maybe that the kidneys are beginning to struggle a little bit or maybe have we got signs that we're maybe heading towards becoming diabetic or things like that and the same as in human health it's much much better to catch things early and, and see what's going on and particularly in cats because they're very good at hiding signs and pretending that everything's okay for quite a while uh, particularly because they tend not to be as active as dogs are so we're we're always you know walking our dogs every day and seeing what they're up to cats have the best life ever it's just kind of sleep luxuriate cuddle eat sleep luxuriate so it can be quite difficult often for owners to maybe notice that the cat's a bit more withdrawn or a bit quiet and so definitely blood screening is something that we would use a lot in older animals just to check that everything's going okay and and people are sometimes afraid of doing that they often say to me oh I I thought you were going to say that you know he was he was you know past it or we'd have to put him to sleep or something but there's just so many things that can be done now you know in in human health and in animal health so so definitely keep an eye on the age and getting in touch with your vet about uh, blood screening and stuff is a very good idea Sinead excellent as usual thank you so much for joining us on the show again today appreciate your contributions always very welcome. I'll chat again soon, Jerry. Bye bye. Take care, Sinead. That's Sinead Kelly, our vet, answering your questions. Short break. Well, I bless myself. It's pancake tasting time. Stay with us. Okay, will you taste first? Are you okay with you tasting first? And I want to take a picture of your pancake here. Hold on. Yeah, I'm just Love taking it. a picture of yours. Yeah, I yeah. have to say. Yours is prettier. Oh, no. I, when I tell you, yours is very, very pretty, may I say, too. And I'm just taking a picture. So? Yes, I really mean that. It looks That's absolutely great. lovely. And, and just in a general sense, you've cooked a lovely thin pancake as well. So are you putting anything on my pancake? No. Nothing? No. I'm You're just, just eating as it is. Yeah, because I'm just going to taste your pancake. But I have lemon and sugar here. Yeah, well, that's because you probably need to disguise my taste. No, I don't. Taste mine. No, no, you're <laughs> running yourself down again and you shouldn't be. It's just that I love... Well, maybe I'll taste a little bit of it. Hold on mm. without the lemon and this sugar. Is lo- no, I'm tasting a bit. I will put some on now in a minute, but I just wanted to taste the pancake as is. Mm. And it's lovely. And it smells lovely. When I tell you. And I've tasted your there in the raw, in the nude, with nothing on it. And it is very nice, I have to say. It is very nice. Now, hold on. Hold on a minute. I record you saying that. (laughs) Well, it's recorded for posterity. Now, I've just put lemon on it. Hold on, hold on. Here's the sugar. Listen, listen. I'll be in there now. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Listen. I'm putting the sugar. I'm putting the sugar on the pancake here. You're putting a lot on it. (laughs) No, I'm not. It's just I'm trying to engineer it out of the bag without spilling the whole bag in it. And let me give listeners a little tip. With your lemon, make sure you, if you have them in the fridge, take them out well in advance. And roll the lemon under your hand with pressure. Roll the lemon under your hand. Press on the lemon and roll it. And that makes it taste better. Oh, the juices. It uh, exudes more juice from the lemon when you do that, when you cut it. Now, there's a little tip for you. They work on oranges too. Yeah, I'm sure it does. But anyway, the important thing is lemon with pancakes. So here we go. So tell me again, what flour did you use here? Um, Some kind of crepe flour that I picked up on the way home yesterday. And I made a big batch because it kind of said use half of the pack. But sure, I'm not going to be making pancakes again. So I threw the whole lot in mm. with four eggs. Yeah. I didn't do water like you just mentioned or salt. Okay. That was the That's only okay. thing. That's okay, yeah. A load of milk. Mm. I destroyed two spoons in the making. I don't know how you did that. 
they came out, came out very lumpy and gooey and gloopy and then I ended up um, throwing it in the bin and going to the shop and getting but no I'm joking I'm joking I got a whisk and I, I did whisk it up to try and get to get rid of the now I think I think there's going to be you're going to be sending this a listener's letter to John Conlon this evening <laughs> because he's, he's John reckons I got the batter from my neighbours oh what a uh, no, no, that's shocking that's shocking so it is John reckons you went to a neighbour's house and got the batter. No, she didn't. <laughs> no, and I have the proof, and and um, I'm actually going to call them my smoky pancakes because I had to open every window in the kitchen when I made them. Are you the pan a little high? Had you? Uh, is that what it is? Just keep talking there. I'm just mm. anyway. Myself. The other thing was that. Mm. I was kind of looking at the clock, and I says, right, I'm gonna have to go, have to kind of hurry up now, and have to go to. Uh, work so mm. I threw on a final one and I was trying to put a tiny bit of butter around the pan mm. uh, with uh, some kitchen roll and I burnt my two fingers and as I was running to <laughs> the sink to put water on my poor little fingers um, I went flying on a piece of butter that was on the floor so I have cuts and bruises from making pancakes She's bent two and spoons. A, and a smoke filled. The fire alarm has kitchen. been going off, and the neighbours were going to ring the fire brigade. <laughs> she broke her arse on the floor. <laughs> and I only made two pancakes. <laughs> but can I tell you this? Is look, it nice? Look. I wouldn't taste it. Look. You ate it all. Okay. Good job. You took my news. time there to eat the whole pack. <laughs> I have to ta- hand it to you. I'm delighted. Offer. I'm delighted you didn't go the be- Betty Crocker route. No, I no didn't. Way. I said I wouldn't, so I had to do it. So it was okay. I didn't taste it. You are now officially getting your Blue Peter badge Yay. as a pancake maker Yay. from me. Me. Well done to you. Thank you. I love that pancake. And really? don't be really. Are you just really saying that now, aren't oh, you? Oh, yes. Stop. Yeah. Aren't I you're, honest? You're turning I'm a honest. I'm shade honest. of No, purple. no. I'm honest. Aren't I honest? <laughs> you I are am honest. honest. Yeah. And I'm telling you honestly, I'm telling the listeners, you've made a beautiful pancake. Oh, thank you've you. Absolutely. I framed it. Well, I'm taking a picture of it here. I've had it immortalised on celluloid forever. <laughs> but you, I love your pancake. Walker, get out of my way. <laughs> Tara, Tara, I'll tell Tara, you this. you have nothing to fear, it's all right. <laughs> no, no, but will I tell you, you've done really, really well, let me say, on Pancake Tuesday. And yeah, I'd be proud to put those pancakes of yours in front of anybody and they'd enjoy them with oh, whatever you. you would so put chuffed, on them, let yeah. me say. Yes, and I mean that sincerely. And Samantha Reynolds Walsh was the lady who sent me in. You see the lovely picture with the beautiful pancake with all the lovely fresh fruit oh, yeah, in that it. Looks that really was Samantha. Lovely. Samantha, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. If you've made pancakes, WhatsApp us in a pic. We love to see them. 086 658 gets it directly and to us in the studio. And there's lovely pancakes um, in our kitchen courtesy of Emer in the Gary Kelly Centre. Thank you. Sent them up as well. Mm. And uh, when like, where's that one we saw? The Slimming World. The Slimming World recipe for the oat pancakes are blitz 400 grams of porridge oats, two tablespoons of fat-free, fat-free natural yogurt, two eggs, half a teaspoon of cinnamon. Oh, I like that. Teaspoon of sweetener and vanilla essence. Spray a small pan with uh, the, you know, the spray thing, the, the oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, should get five to six small ones out of this. Stack with your favourite fruit and fat free yoghurt sweetened with a small bit of sweetener there you are and you won't put on an ounce won't put on an ounce with that one that's for sure have you loads of people coming to your house for these gorgeous pancakes that's Maria Mullen there Um, well you see I made a phone call last night and was asking the crew are they making pancakes and then they said to me 
Well, you never know, but are you making them, Dad? <laughs> I said, it I am. Lovely. So I reckon we'll be r- rustling up another batch of bath this evening and firing them in the pan. I love this day. I love Pancake Tuesday. I really do. And I hope you're enjoying it too. Aren't they a beautiful set of pictures of pancakes and all that adorns them from Adam and Eve in Rush County Dublin looks amazing oh they look Mm. amazing I love the name Adam and Eve Russian County Dublin the three o'clock slump after looking at them oh god almighty wouldn't you anyway there's another message there can Jerry send on the recipe he gave out on radio we're stuck here not working at all notice they didn't ask for my recipe (laughs) no 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 (laughs) Louise's luscious pancakes she's taking orders now oh wait (laughs) (laughs) your pancake was lovely I say it again it was good It was gorgeous. It really was. Well, look at my recipe quite simply. And actually, I saw Jamie Oliver this morning. Know how simple he did the pancake. If you have a mug or a cup, fill it with the flour. Now, he was using self-raising flour. I used plain flour. Fill the cup, just level to the brim, right? Mm -hmm. Into the bowl. Fill the cup, level with milk, into the bowl. One egg, pinch of salt, And that's your mix. If you want a very simple mix, the way I do it is I use the plain flour, 110 grams, pinch of salt, two eggs, 200 mils of milk and 75 of water. It gives a little more lightness, lightness, doesn't it? It does that, the the combination of the milk and the water and then a little bit of butter on the pan just melted. And the first pancake is a difficult one. It is. It's never just 100% right. But when your pan settles down at medium heat, five on a on a hob uh, five five point one and a hob is perfect so it is for them and away you go and there's not a bother on you there won't be a bother on you there a cup a cup an egg and a pinch of salt if you want it simply and your pancakes will be gorgeous it is Pancake Tuesday you're with late lunch and it's time for this five four three two one counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear And today it's the number four from this week in 1988. And it was this lady's first ever single. And it rose to number three in the UK charts. Was a hit as well in the States, but didn't make it higher than three. On this week, it had dropped back a place to number four. And it was a song she picked up really by accident and it had been recorded previously, but never really released. She heard it and decided, yes, this is a song that I can certainly make something of. So she released it and into the charts it went. And it reached number three in the charts. She had another number three with I'll Always Love You, a two with Don't Rush Me, and a number one with Love Will Lead You Back. Here she is. Yes, the number four, Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane, number four in my top five countdown from this week in 1988. Tell it to my heart is the song. Yes, her big number one again was Love Will Lead You Back. That was in 1990 she made number one of that. And she was a big star in the mid to late 80s into the early 90s. And I will be back tomorrow with uh, number three from this week in 1988. Final break of the afternoon. God, the smell of lemon in the studio. It's just beautiful in here today. Where did that smell of lemon come from? You'd never know, would you? It's Pancake Tuesday. (laughs) 
Well, I take a deep breath. Oh, God, between the odour of the lemon and the taste of Louise's pancakes, sure, I made this Tuesday afternoon. I mentioned yesterday I was privileged to be part of the Dulik People of the Year Awards in the Glenside Hotel at the weekend. I met loads of lovely people there, and one of those who picked up an award on the night really impressed me, and she joins me now. Barbara Kyo, welcome to Late Lunch. Hi, thank you for having me on. Not at all, and congratulations again on your acknowledgement on Saturday. Thank you very much. Now, your story is a really uplifting, heartening story, may I say. You've been involved in the cleaning business for the greater part of your life? All of it, yes. So how did you get into the cleaning, and who did you work for different companies? Tell us your story. I did. At the age of 16, um, I was a person who didn't really like school. And at the age of 16, I worked with my mom. We actually worked for a company. It was um, Derry Court now. I'm not sure at the time what they were called. They could have been called that also. Um, it was Anne and Martin Hohanlon. Um, I then moved on to be a supervisor, team leader, manager, moved my way up the ranks, um, right up to a, an operations director within a company based in Swords RFC Group. Um, I worked with them, joined them in 2019, November, and was there to kind of build their business and grow it for them because their cleaning department wasn't that big. Mm. So um, obviously COVID hit then and they, unfortunately in March, they had to reduce my days to two a week. And then by the end of March, they had to let me go because most of their business was um, bars, restaurants, you know, retail yes. outlet stores. So most of their business was hit. So they couldn't sustain the cost that it was costing them to have me there. So unfortunately, I had to be let go. Was so, that the first time then nearly in your life when you mentioned you're working from a young age, you were working and worked your way up to senior position. Work. First time you were out of work. It was indeed, yes. And I'm quite a shock to the system and, and of course, the world in lockdown and your business, uh, the the business you specialised in, particularly hard hit by this. So what did you do? I went on to the pandemic payment and, you know, it was a novelty for the first couple of weeks and then you're sitting at home and you're saying, like, I can't do this anymore. So my husband encouraged me to, you know, register a business, set it up and try, you know, you know that many people out there just put your name out and see if anybody will, you know, be of interest on working with you. So we did. We set the company up during, you know, May and June, and then it was registered in June. And um, I just sat on the computer, like, just sending out emails to people I'd known in the industry over the years. And some people followed me, no matter what company I went with. So I had four potential clients that I knew would come with me straight away. So I contacted them and they went with me and in August we started trading and it kind of has grown from strength to strength from that time, you know. Yeah, it's it's a story and a half. The business is called Alternative Cleaning Services. Tell listeners, how many people work for you now? I now have 81 employees. Isn't that some story, folks? <laughs> you know, from setting up, which is quite recent, it's in the last three years, to have 81 people working for you and lots of work for them as well. Barbara, would it be fair to say, without the pandemic, you wouldn't have made this move, would you? No, I never would have made the move. Unfortunately, I've been 
My husband's been trying to encourage me for years to do it. You know, I've worked with many companies and grown their business, but never wanted to go and make that move myself. But I'm really, really happy that I did now. Um, A lot of my business now is through recommendation of the service that I deliver. Mm. A lot of it is local, you know, from Rathout and Boyne and Shockland, Drogheda, Julianstown, RD. I'm... I cover a lot of areas around there mm. and um, a lot of it is educational and commercial business that we, we do. Yeah, so that's that's really the focus of your uh, work and, and where you work. Do you ever do any private work for private houses or on that scale? Um, it's not something I really get into, yeah. but if we get a call, if people pick it up from the website, we would never say no if we can facilitate anybody we do, you know. Mm. And, you know, to step into your own shoes as the boss, did you find that difficult? Not really, because I've always been a boss and, you know, people know me. (laughs) Oh, here she comes. (laughs) I love it. You know, so I'm very much a people person and, you know, everybody likes me. Um, You know, I'm very fair but firm. Yeah, and I think that's a wonderful way to be in life and people respect people like that who are firm and fair. In in terms of your contracts and the people you work for, um, I take it they expect high standards as well. Well, a lot of my work is schools and as you know, you know, you have many children coming in and out of schools every day. There's, you know, we try keep all the the bugs and sicknesses out of the school so our standard is very high um, you know we try and make savings for these areas because obviously they work off a budget so we offer a one stop shop for as many services as they can you know possibly get like recycling to encourage them not to be you know using as much bags and get better bins and colour coded system to avoid cross contamination and you know we offer all of that um, mm. in our service so there's, there's lots of different services we offer and people like that they get one invoice for many services so they're not dealing with lots of different suppliers. Yeah in, in the current climate with costs rising everywhere the cost of services increasing as well have you found this time challenging you know to uh, you know where people are stretched Well, I find in the educational sector, you know, a lot of the particularly consumables, which is toilet paper, hand towels, bags, etc., that cost has risen so, so high. And a lot of the products that schools would use is high branded stuff, which costs an awful lot. So a lot of clients are looking for me to, you know, make savings for them there. We offer them units free and loan when they're buying the product from us, which is a very good product we supply, but we can half their bill, which a lot of my clients that I have now, they, they actually have switched for me to provide them with that as well. Mm. So again, you know, it's a one-stop shop and we can give them whatever they need. So they're very, very happy. Mm. And I take it from what you've been saying there, listening to you, that, you know, the world is changing as well. The world of cleaning and the products as well with this whole green push and what we're using, you know, in terms of cleaning products. Yes. Well, for for me, we kind of stick with, I don't like a cupboard full of chemicals. So we use eco-friendly products and we have one for our bathroom area And then we have one for our general area, which it's two main products that we use. 
And again, it keeps the cost down. You know, it's colour coded. It matches like the blue for common areas and the red for toilets. So it's all very good when you're carrying out your training with your staff. You know, it's easy to remember and it's good for the client as well. Mm. You're involved, I see, as well in supporting others. You're the sponsor of the KT Racing Team. I am, and that's my, my actually, my own boys. They've raced motocross um, from the age of one of them four, that's Jordan. Um, Josh was a little bit older when he started. And, um, yeah, I sponsor them for the last while, um, along with other little things and mm. tools and raffles and stuff, you know, where yeah. they come and they ask me to support their local, you know, events that they might have. But, yeah, that's our key thing, I'm sponsorship for the last couple of years anyway. Yeah, good on you, giving back as well and you're only a, a relatively young business uh, in terms, you know, of longevity and others as well. You're great and I, I just uh, picked from you the other night talking to you at the awards you know, your story was so inspiring and encouraging and well done to you when you faced the dark days, you got up and you got on and now you employ over 80 people. It's a wonderful wonderful story. Continued success to you, uh, Barbara, with alternative cleaning products thank you very much not at all you're very welcome take care bye bye an inspiring lady an inspiring story to finish the show today and uh, stories like that just do my heart good to be honest with you Pancake Tuesday late lunch there's a lot of pancakes to be cooked still Louise is revving up now to feed the house and more besides so if you live beside Louise Walsh down that way there could be an old pancake on the gold this evening and I give them the five star thumbs up on late lunch today. Anyway, I'll be cooking a few myself. Enjoy your pancakes whatever way you enjoy them. Last word of the day. Yes, congratulations to my nephew Seamus Murphy, an incredible young sportsman who got an award as well on Saturday night at the Delic Awards, Jerry. He's been taught well by his granda, another great sportsman, Jim Gorman. He is indeed. Thanks for that lovely message to finish the show today. Tomorrow on late lunch, solicitor Terry Gannon is joining us and Kira Atwell the fussy eater woman will be with us too and more besides Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive here on LMFM radio enjoy the sugar lemon or whatever else you like with your pancakes but flip them enjoy them and have a good evening come back tomorrow and join us for late lunch 1.30 see you then When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.